Well, hey there, podcast listener. How are you today? Like, really? Because if I could be honest, you're looking a little stressed out. And that's okay, because I've got your back. Because if you are feeling stressed out with life and work, left to feel unfulfilled, stuck, and ready for a new chapter to begin, well, I'm inviting you to change that. Because I want you to sit down with me and let's figure out a plan together, your life's roadmap, taking you from where you are right now and getting you to where you want to be. All you have to do is head on over to workwithkevin.coach. That is workwithkevin.coach to sign up. Until then, enjoy today's episode. In my dorm room after a workout, and I was just kind of sitting on my sitting on my bed, and it kind of just all hit me at once. It kind of just was like a rush of emotions where, you know, I kind of call it, you know, I think it was, you know, I believe God was telling me that, hey, what you're doing now, it's it's fine and it's what you like. You know, football is something you enjoy, but there's a bigger purpose for you, and it's not the purpose that you originally thought. Hey, I'm Kevin Lowe, the host of The Lowdown with Kevin Lowe. Here on the podcast, my aim is to show you the world through blind eyes. And my hope is that you leave feeling inspired, motivated, and excited to take on the day. Hey, welcome back to The Lowdown with Kevin Lowe. You are tuning in to episode number 46, where I am joined by guest Zach Hoffman. I tried to claim him as the podcast's very first international guest, but the truth is, (laughs) as he reminded me, he's actually kind of a hybrid, as he's technically from the United States, and he's just been living abroad across the pond for quite some time. So, as me and him decided, he's kind of a bridge to the future here on the podcast, as uh, we may be uh, launching into many more international guests. But today's conversation with Zach, it's about much more than whether or not he's a true international guest or not, because it's about his story. His story of having a dream, a passion, a goal that you grew up with, something that you knew all along, this is where your life was headed. Until one day when you realize, you know what? Maybe what I've been thinking I was supposed to do with my life is in fact just not the case. And lucky enough for Zach is that he had that realization early enough in life that he had plenty of time to redirect his focus and go chasing after, I don't know, go chasing after the dreams that, you know, were were truly meant for his life, where he could truly be of service to others. And, you know, sometimes maybe it is the case that we get to be the star quarterback, but maybe other times we're the person behind the scenes who is helping that quarterback achieve that winning touchdown at the end of the Super Bowl. So I want you to meet Zach Hoffman as we get to hear a piece of his story and how he discovered what his life's purpose truly is. Yeah, so I played quarterback basically since I started peewee football up to high school. 
And I just love the position. I remember growing up watching Monday Night Football, you know, as a kid. And I used to have a jersey for almost every single team. And I would kind of put the jersey on of the team that was playing and kind of reenact the game as it was going on. And I always uh, remember I had a Dan Marino jersey. And he was like just about the end of his career when I really started to get into football. And so that kind of is what got me into the quarterback position. He's also from Pittsburgh. And so I just kind of really took to uh, the quarterback position. And like I said, as I got to high school, I played up to high school. Unfortunately, uh, my body didn't really line up with my, my mind as far as the position because, you know, quarterbacks are usually bigger guys, you know, taller. And, you know, that's not me. I'm an average size guy, about five foot nine. So that was something that kind of gave me a chip on my shoulder growing up just because being undersized and playing a physical sport like football, you know, I really realized that I had to give myself an edge in one way or another. And I realized that my mental toughness and my physical toughness had to be better than the other, the others in my position, just because of the disadvantage I was in because of my size. Absolutely. Now, did you, did you have like this kind of realization while still in high school playing or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know okay. it's funny. It's funny you say that, Kevin, because uh, I would tell you if you would have asked me this a week ago, I would tell you no. I would say it happened in college. However, as I kind of sat back and was thinking about you know my time in high school, I think in my unconscious mind, I kind of knew that my ultimate goal of going to the NFL wasn't going to happen. But I, I would say I kind of blocked it out because I, I honestly didn't know how to identify myself as a young kid and a young person, other than being an, an athlete and a, and a quarterback, you know, I, I, that's all I ever wanted to do. I didn't have many hobbies as a young person, but I think, you know, as I look back and think back, I think I kind of always knew that my body just didn't line up with the goals that I had, but I just wasn't able to admit it. And I think the reason I wasn't able to admit it is because I didn't have a plan outside of sports. That was kind of my end all be all. So I would say, I mean, unconsciously, yes, I kind of did know that I wasn't, it just wasn't meant for me. It wasn't my plan, but, you know, I I was still driven and I still wanted to, you know, give it my all because I thought that that was what I was meant to do. Yeah, no, that that's pretty powerful. Now, was it not until after high school, maybe in in college playing that, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. kind of the two different perspectives kind of collided together from this, you know, subconscious to the the truth, you know, staring you dead in the face that this dream wasn't going to happen? Yes, that's exactly what happened. I remember I was a sophomore. I was going into my sophomore year. I had just transferred from a, a Division two school because I remember when I first got into camp, there were eight quarterbacks on the roster. And uh, I wasn't told that going in. And so it was. I knew that to get on the field at that school would be very hard. So I transferred to a division three school back closer to home. And I got, you know, I went through a season there. It was good. I got some playing time. It was fun. But I just remember there was a moment I had during the off season. It was during winter workouts in the off season. I was in my dorm room after a workout and I was just kind of sitting on my, sitting on my bed. And it kind of just all hit me at once. It kind of just was like a rush of emotions where, you know, I kind of call it, you know, I think it was, you know, I believe God was telling me that, hey, what you're doing now, it's it's fine and it's what you like. You know, football is something you enjoy, but there's a bigger purpose for you. And it's not the purpose that you originally thought. 
And it kind of just hit me that I wasn't going to go to the NFL, that the path I was currently on was leading me to a path towards some sort of mediocrity, I could say. And what I mean by that is kind of just going down a path of, you know, I was a good student. I would have graduated. I would have you know, got an accounting degree. I would have probably had a great job when I was finished and been financially well off. But deep down in my heart, I also knew, you know, outside of my goals to play in the NFL, I also knew that I wanted to live a life of impact. And I didn't want... One of my biggest fears was kind of living my life and letting it go by and not having any other impact on you know, society or, or other people's lives. And it was kind of an awakening for me that said, the current path that you're on is leading you down a path toward the majority, what the majority of people are doing. And I always wanted to go against that because I felt that my purpose was greater in some way or another. And so that kind of realization, you know, in, in my dorm room, obviously it was very emotional, kind of caused me to say, okay, I need to make a very drastic decision here. I need to do something that's risky for my, for my, for myself, for my development. So I made the decision to, to drop out of uh, school, kind of leave the football team, go back home. And I didn't really have a plan. I said, I, I'll just start working, go to community college and just kind of see what happens. And uh, little to be known, that's kind of when my, my big story began. Yeah. So now I'm curious, how long had you been away at college when, when this realization occurred? Yes. Yeah, so it was my second year. I was about, it was a year and a half. I didn't even finish. It was the second semester of my sophomore year. So I was, um, yeah, it was a time where I think even like I said before about how my kind of unconscious mind maybe knew it was the same as my freshman year of college. You know, I kind of knew at that point, right when I got on campus, I said, uh, in the back of my mind, I knew I wasn't going to reach my goal. And however, looking back on it, I realized that my goal in the end, it actually wasn't what I thought it would be. Like, for example, I thought I wanted to play football to be seen as a great athlete and for the fame and obviously the financial benefit. But as I look back on it now, it wasn't for that at all. It was essentially the reason why I wanted to go professional is to provide for my family who, you know, when I grew up, we, you know, we, we were, I grew up in a single parent home and I saw my mom struggle with me and my sisters. I think that really, you know, going through that and seeing and understanding, you know, how NFL players, you know, were financially well off and they could take care of their family. That's kind of what drove me, not necessarily the sport of football, but what it would give me. And when I realized that I wasn't going to be able to receive what football would give me, then it kind of lost its luster, I guess, lost it. I lost my passion for it, at least for the time being. And thank God that football was still a part of my story. I just never would have expected, you know, the, the way it, the way it became a part of my story. That's for sure. Yeah, no, that, that's something. And, and I guess I can't help but sit there and think to myself, I mean, so basically probably second year of college, maybe around like 20 years old or so yeah, to have definitely. and to have the the mindset at such a young age to realize, you know, in yourself that that this thing that you've been dreaming of ever since you were a kid isn't meant for you, isn't in the capacity in the way that you've dreamed it. And so the fact that you then could could realize it then and then 
feel it deep enough in your heart and stuff to make that big change. I think speaks very highly of you, you know, at such a young age to have that, that type of mindset. And, um, I, I am curious though, is what was the reaction of, of, you know, your family, your mom and stuff when you said, mom, I'm, I'm dropping out and heading back home. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's exactly what you would expect. You know, a lot of backlash, <laughs> uh, very little support from family, you know, teammates that I had, they were telling me, you know, what are you doing? you know, you're in a great situation, you know, you're going to play next year, you're going to be in the line to be the starter. And so it didn't make sense to anyone. It didn't really. And, 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 you know, honestly, I knew it wouldn't make sense to anyone. But like I said before, I, I knew that, like I said, it was just a realization that hit me and it, and it was the realization was, Hey, the reason that you started playing football, you're not going to get to the, that highest level. And so if you want to have a life of impact, you have to find another way. And I think even more, even more than my, you know, will to play in the NFL was my fear of not having any sort of impact. And that, and that's what kind of drove me. And, and, and it had always been football first. It had always been sports first. But at that point, it kind of shifted to, okay, is this goal is not going to, it's not going to be realized. So now you have to focus on the impact part. And it was something that, like I said before, it was uh, a lot of backlash came with it. However, I just kind of stuck to my guns because I knew that in the end, it was my life and my decision. And despite being only 20 years old and going against kind of what the norm does at that age, I, I knew that this was an opportunity to create that impact, to go against the norm and what every, you know, what society considers, uh, you know, I don't want to say a normal path, but a, you know, a consistent path of education. Uh, and I knew that I would get my degree eventually. I knew that, you know, that all would come in the time being, but I also knew that I was young. And if I wanted to take this risk, now was the time rather than, you know, 10 years down the road. Absolutely. And, and I guess, and I can't help but, you know, sitting there thinking of, to everything you're saying is for the person listening to this podcast today is I think. I think what what you speak of is such a valuable lesson is the fact that it doesn't matter if you're 20 years old and in college or you're 50 years old and in a career. If you and your heart know that you're meant for something more, then you know what? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or has to say. It's about you. And so sometimes you you have to just focus on what your heart is telling you to do. And so I think that's awesome. Now, now I'm curious though, so you, you move back home. So then how does that shift to you deciding, you know what, I'm headed to Europe? <laughs> yeah, it was actually, uh, <laughs> yeah, I could say it's, it was, it was uh, as unexpected as, as my situation and my decision to, to leave school in most people's eyes. So what happened was I, I got home for the summer and I was in community, I enrolled in community college. I just wanted to get my kind of prerequisite courses finished and kind of figure out what I was going to do. I thought about maybe going to play baseball somewhere. And I started working a job as a cement. I was laying cement in the summer. I remember I did it for about two or three days and I came home and I said, okay, I, I can't, I can't kind of sit back and chill here. I got to figure out something It kind of woke me up that that's something I definitely didn't want to do for a long period of time. So I thought to myself, I said, okay, well, what options could be out there? Uh, what, what could be out there? 
And so I remember what actually kind of struck my interest was my mom at the time was working for a, um, a foreign exchange company that helped international students study in America for you know a semester or two. And she kind of told me, yeah, you know, I'm going on a conference to Europe for, for my job. And I said, oh, Europe. Okay. I really didn't know much about Europe. I just knew, you know, it was across the ocean at the time. I was very Americanized, I guess you could say. And after she said that, I said, huh, it kind of just hit me in my mind. And I remembered playing the Madden NFL football game when I was a kid. And at that time they had NFL Europe and they used to have the European teams listed as far as the teams you could select. So I, that, that kind of got me realizing, oh, there must be American football there too. So I kind of just did some research. I found a website where, you know, you can upload some, some highlights that you're from your playing career and, you know, maybe a team would be interested and choose to, to sign you. And I said, what the heck? It was free. I just, you know, filled out the profile, uploaded the film and didn't think really anything much. I didn't think anything of it. I just kind of said, okay, that was, that was nice, whatever. And, uh, <laughs> Two days later, I get an email from an American coach in Florida who said, Hey, you know, I have this job for you in Poland. They're looking for a quarterback to come play for them for, you know, the rest of the season. Are you interested? And when can you come? And I was, at first, I thought it was a joke. I was like, No, this can't, this is, this can't be true. This is, I just filled this profile out two days ago. This can't, this can't be reality. But little to be known, it was. And he said to me, You know, do you have your passport? which thank God I did because I just went on a vacation with my family to the Caribbean on a cruise, you know, the month beforehand. So I had my passport and, uh, and it's kind of just, he said, you know, I, I need a decision by the, by the end of the week. And at that time it was Wednesday or Thursday. So it was almost the end of the week. And obviously just like the decision I made to leave school, there was backlash. You know, my family was scared for me to go over there. They knew that you know, it was a foreign place, foreign language. I didn't know the area. I was still young, but I, I knew that this was the, the chance I, I had been looking for. This was the drastic shift that I needed in my life. And I knew that if I didn't, you know, decide to go, that I would regret it later down the road. And I never knew if I would have that opportunity again. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to go and just make the best of it and see what happens. And so I went over there, I flew over to Poland, a small little town in Poland. It wasn't like a big metropolis city. And you could say culture shock kind of kicked in. It definitely did. I saw a lot of things that I, I never thought I would. Um, just, you know, how, how life is over there in, in Eastern Europe. But it also kind of opened my eyes to what what all is out there. And it also opened my eyes to how much limits I had put on myself, you know, as a young man and a teenager of just, you know, being identified as an athlete. And that experience kind of just kind of fed my hunger for more. And uh, long story short, ever since that trip to Poland, I've, I've kind of never stopped. I've been to, you know, five different countries in Europe. I am now I'm a European citizen. I applied for my Italian citizenship through my bloodlines and my family. So, I guess you could say I'm Europeanized and the story, the story I like to tell people about that because I don't, I don't think it's an inspirational story at all, but what I think it you know can teach people is the decisions in your life that you're uncertain about, and maybe that are going to require you to step out of your comfort zone. Those have the potential to really help you realize your true potential and your true purpose as an individual. And until you are willing to step out of your comfort zone, you're never going to realize your potential. And that's just the bottom line. 
And that's what I tell, you know, young people here that I coach now that have aspirations to play in America, that have aspirations to, you know, go, go overseas as well to work, take the risk, take the risk. Because the worst thing that can happen is that you fail and you come back and you regroup and then you take another risk. But there's so many people who are, get comfortable in their, in their own lives. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but there are people who are in comfortable situations who are living life, you know, pretty, pretty well off financially, but in the back of their minds, they know that they're not fully fulfilled because they know that there's more out there. They know that they're capable of more, but they're just afraid to fail. And that's something that if you can get over that, that, you know, that fear of failure and just step out of your comfort zone when opportunity comes, you're going to create so much fulfillment for yourself. And you're going to create so much stories that you can use to help inspire others to do the same. Wow, man, that's pretty powerful stuff, dude. I was sitting here and I'm just, I'm thinking in some way you were talking about, you know, a few minutes ago and I, and I, couldn't help but think how awesome it is and, and so true it is, is a fact of, of getting outside of your comfort zone. And I think so many times all of us, it's comfort, comfort is easy. Comfort is something we know and stuff, but, but to get outside of that comfort zone is when you can actually finally realize what your potential is. And especially I was thinking, just related to travel and stuff of getting outside your comfort zone of going to a totally new country. And, and I thought it was pretty awesome talking about kind of almost opening your eyes to the fact of how much more to the world there is, you know, because even, you know, it doesn't matter how much TV we watch or how much we, we learn and, and know about all these other countries in the world. If we're still here in the same, you know, within the same, you know, city limit signs all the time, that's that's becomes our world. Yet to travel outside of those boundaries and give us an opportunity to to get to experience something new, I think I think it's something powerful. Whether you're deciding to to move abroad or just traveling in general, I think that just kind of speaks to the to the life-changing impact that it can have on you. And so I think I think your story right there is a true testament to that. And I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as I look back on it now, I kind of can put the pieces together. You know, I'm not playing football anymore, but I believe, I truly believe that, you know, God kind of led me to football because he knew that this would be my my future. He knew that my my you know, my purpose was to come over here and be a mentor to, to young athletes, to be, to be a mentor to young people. And football was my outlet. And I was without football. I, I, I'll tell you, I wouldn't be able to, to come to here. I wouldn't have been able to come to Europe and I wouldn't have been able to, to realize that potential. And that's why I understand too. I want to also reference and say, I understand too. There are people out there who are, have families who have nine to five jobs who are, who have their lives kind of set in place. And they, they argument, one argument they could say is, well, I can't, I can't take that risk because I have a family to provide for. However, I would say that, and this is a kind of a, I, I guess a saying that I like to tell to my players too, you can't let your circumstance define yourself. And a lot of people, they kind of rely on their circumstances, whether they're good or bad, and they let that define who they are. 
And so I believe that that's something we all can keep in mind. Despite our circumstances, if there's a will, there's a way. And you know that more than anyone. And uh, that's something that I, I try to preach to people because it's so true. It sounds cliche, I know, but it's the truth. It's really the truth. If you don't, you, you don't make excuses and you don't let your circumstances define your goals and what you want to be and who you want to be, then you're going you're gonna to find success and you're going to find that fulfillment one way or another. And whether that's through traveling and experience other cultures, whether that's, you know, starting a business, whether that's, you know, applying for your dream job, there, there's many outlets. There's many outlets to, to achieve that fulfillment and to achieve that potential. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's so true. So true. And something you were talking about that I think is pretty awesome and is a fact of, of what you had said earlier is, is, Realizing, you know, this, this thing that sometimes, sometimes we wonder why does God allow certain things to happen? Why does God put certain things in our lives when, when it doesn't work out? Like in your example, football, you could easily sit there and say, you know, when, when all of that was happening and when you had that realization in college is, you know, God, why, why did you even put this in my life if it wasn't meant for me? And, and yet everything in our life, you don't understand it. And a lot of times we don't understand it till a long time later to realize how it fits into the puzzle. And so like for you with football, it was to give you that passion because he knew that you would go on to be a mentor to others and, you know, and, and to guide other young, you know, young football players and, so I think that's pretty awesome. And I'm curious, how did it come about then you shifting from from moving over to Poland, playing football to to where you are today, which is now, you know, one of the things that you're doing is, you know, is coaching and mentoring these other younger football players. How did that come come to be? Yes, it's a good question. I would say it wasn't something that happened instantly. You know, I kind of debated as I was over here in Europe playing. Do I want to stay here? Do I want to try to build a life here? Do I want to go back home? Obviously, my family was in the States. And so, you know, a part of me was and is still still there and always will be. But I remember a specific conversation I had with a coach of mine who was also an American. And we were in Italy. He was the head coach. And we also lived in the same apartment together because that's how it works. You know, the team kind of takes their important players and kind of sticks them together. And so I remember we were sitting down one day after practice, kind of going through, you know, the practice that just happened. And he had been in Europe also for, you know, 20, 30 years, a long time. And he kind of just asked me, he said, yeah, Zach, you know, what's your plan? And I said, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, what's your plan? Do you want to, do you want to make this, do you want to stay here or do you want to just, you know, play a couple of years and go home just for the experience? And, you know, it really made me think. It was like, huh. At the time, I was about 25 years old. And I said, yeah, that's actually, this is the time where I need to start deciding. And, you know, so I kind of pondered that question. And he said to me, you know, after, you know, we talked about a little bit, he said, you know, Zach, eventually you got to make a decision. Because the longer you wait and the longer you kind of just kind of play year to year in Europe, the more, you know, far behind you're going to put yourself when it comes to eventually going home, if that's what you want to do. And so I just seemed, I said, you know what? It was in 2015. I said, you know what? I'm gonna. I want to do this. I want to. I want to come over here. I want to stay here. I want to continue doing what I'm doing, and which was playing at the time. And I want to try to build, build something. And that, 
that, that I would say that was a, you know, it was a good decision that I made it. But one of the mistakes, the biggest mistake I made was I didn't really plan for the future after I was finished playing. You know, at the time it was okay. I was playing football, providing for myself. You know, I had enough. I was living well, enjoying myself. But, you know, there came a time where I was done playing and I didn't really take the time to set myself up afterwards, meaning I didn't really create a new identity for myself. And that's something else that I, I tell players who players in Europe every time I get a chance to is have a plan B. It's very the power of a plan B. A lot of people say, yeah, well, plan B will distract me from my plan A. But at the end of the day, it's I, I believe it's the total opposite because eventually, like I said, for me, with my plan A was going to the NFL. My plan B of going to Europe kind of fell on my lap. I got lucky in that aspect. However, I think a lot of people they go through they go through times where they say, "Okay, this is what I want to do, and that's all I want to do." But then, when they fail or they're not able to do it anymore, like all athletes who can't play forever, then they're left in a situation where they're searching to find their their next identity and their next purpose. So, I think number one, God put me in this situation, like coming to Europe, not only to impact others, to, but to kind of eventually come to that realization that, Hey, you need to create a new identity for yourself because football is what you do now, but it's not going to be what you do. It's just an outlet for my ultimate purpose for you. And I have to, you know, and it was my job and it still is my job to kind of recreate my identity, find new outlets outside of sports to still have that same impact because, and I, and I know now that I'm capable of, of much more than I had once thought. And that capa- those capabilities are still developing daily. But like I said, and like you said about putting the pieces together, it's so it's so amazing how you can look back and kind of see how, you know, it seemed like there were points, points in my journey where I thought, okay, I'm hitting the breaking point, whether that's mentally, physically, financially. And right before I was about to hit the breaking point, I, you know, God provided something, whether that's a little bit extra money, you know, whatever it was, to get me through. And now I look back and I say that, and I see that he was putting me in those situations to help me realize that, you know, if I put my trust in, in him, he will never let me fail because he has his ultimate plan for me will prevail in the end. And that's something even I use now when I, you know, when things aren't going well and uh, I feel like, you know, maybe rock bottom could be coming. I just remember those moments that I've been through. And it helps me, you know, to keep the faith. And I'm so thankful for that because it's about growth. Life is about growth. And these moments that you go through in life will help you grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now I'm curious, at, at some point, you took this this leadership role, which which I can see is playing quarterback is kind of, you know, the, the leader of, of, of that team. You took that to the workplace. Because after football and stuff and after you finished that, did you start then working in other type, you know, careers and industries outside of football? Yeah, that's a great question. And yes, I remember I was I had to learn German, you know, being here because that's the language that the working language, you know, everyone speaks English more or less. But, you know, when they're in the workplace, German's the official language. So I, I learned, you know, I was able to learn German within a few years and my first job here was it actually worked. I'm studying now. I was studying at the time as well. 
I was working in a, a shoe store in the mall. And then that was, you know, one side of it helped me because I was able to, you know, even become more fluent in my, in, in German. So it prepared me for my next job. But at the same time, it was also kind of a moment where I said, wow, okay, this, uh, this lack of, you know, initiation and not planning for your, your future after your playing career is real and it's here. And you put yourself in this situation and now you gotta, you gotta fix it. And so that was also a wake up call for me. And so I worked there for about two, nah, not even about a year. And um, I continued to coach too. So I was, I, my second job was a youth coach. I was a coach and I was also working in the schools with children, teaching them flag football. And then my second job, I was lucky enough. I got a job as a fitness trainer. So fitness is something I've always been, you know, excited about even after my playing career. And so I kind of just kind of transformed away from football and more into the, the fitness, the fitness realm. And I'm also thankful for those jobs because they've given me, they've really helped me, like I said, learn a new language. And now this is, you know, I hope that this language, you know, learning the German language will help me in my future here in Europe as well, you know, being fluent in, in, in it as well. So I think that was a time for me where it was definitely tough, no doubt about it, because, you know, I knew I was capable of more. I knew that, you know, I was better than, I don't want to say better, but I knew that I was capable of much more. And so I knew, but I just knew that I needed a plan. And that's something that I was lacking at the time was a plan and a structure. And that's kind of what gave me the inspiration to start this small leadership, write this book that I've written and this leadership strategy, which, you know, I, I use with my, with my young athletes. And I hope to use in the future with, with people who want to develop their international, I call it intercultural leadership strategy. Because one thing I noticed living in all these countries is that leadership and effective leadership is different everywhere you go. It's not the same, you know, culturally people have to adapt, leaders, effective leaders have to adapt to their surroundings and adapt to their followers, you know, what they do best and what they need. And everyone is different. You know, each individual is different. Each individual has different ticking points. And it's important for effective leaders to take the time to observe and understand those ticking points so they can best realize how to lead whatever group and in whatever place and whatever country they're leading. Absolutely. So now tell me, tell me about what this small leadership concept is. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's, an, it's kind of, I guess you could say it's, it's my summary of everything I've learned in the past nine years being, being in Europe and in all these different countries and how I kind of had to adapt myself and recreate myself within the different countries I was, I was playing and coaching in, in order to best reach, best reach my following. And so what I did is I use a, you know, a Swiss army knife. We all know what a Swiss army knife is. It's a tool that's very adaptable. And so I kind of use that as a metaphor for how effective leaders can create their own identity and their own personal foundation is what I call it, a personal foundation. So what's, what's important is that you develop tools and by tools, I mean skills such as listening skills, communication skills, observation skills, things such as these that are going to help you relate to people from all backgrounds and from different cultures. Because the world we live in today, it's very globalized. It's, you know, intercultural uh, mixed. And I believe that we have to focus more as a society on acceptance 
accepting people for who they are and then reacting and adjusting our leadership strategy in order to get the best out of each individual. And that's kind of what small leadership is about. It's based on a Swiss army knife. However, I use the analogy sensible, worldwide, adaptable leadership. And by sensible, I mean, you have to be able to feel people. You have to be able to read people. You know, when you meet someone, not just talking to them, but listening to them. You know, a lot of people, what I notice, we talk, you know, create small talk with each other, but we don't truly listen all the time. And the ability to listen is something that I, I believe is, is one of the most powerful in people skills that one can develop worldwide. Because like I said before, with society we live in, we have to learn to, to work with, with each other and not constantly criticize one another for our differences or shun someone because they don't believe the same thing as we do. And then adaptable. We have to be able to adapt to our surroundings and the people that we're dealing with. You know, a lot of people who I would say ego gets in the way of leadership nowadays because people have maybe achieved a lot uh, in their field. Maybe they consider themselves experts. However, you know, I use the example. It was, this is funny, a funny example. I, uh, I was playing in Germany and there was an American coach who was, I believe he coached high school or college in the States. And he was very successful. He won multiple championships. So he knew football and he knew the game. And I remember he was in Germany and he was coaching on the opposite sidelines. And he was the whole game screaming and yelling at his players, telling them, you know, do this. You're not doing this right. This is wrong. However, you know, it was clear that he knew what he was. He knew the game of football, but he didn't know how to connect with his players in Germany because he didn't understand that those players, they, a lot of them just started playing football. You know, it's not like in the States where, you know, you grow up playing the game. A lot of them were, you know, beginners and they needed to be taught like that. And he obviously, you know, didn't realize that. And despite the success he had in America, it was the total opposite in, in his new environment. And, you know, that's something that, you know, I, I think gets lost. A lot of people don't re have to remember that people are different and you have to adjust to the environment you're in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and as you're talking about this entire small leadership concept, I was sitting here and thinking to myself, it sounds to me like something that is applicable not to only somebody who, you know, is is leading a company or an organization or thinks of themselves as a leader, but just a concept to make you a good person. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. That's exactly. That's one of the reasons. Uh, I think that's the motivation behind it. You know, you can call it a fault as well for me. I've always been the type of person who... You know, I want to be liked by others. I want people to, you know, feel comfortable around me. And I believe that, you know, adapting this strategy can help you not essentially be liked by everyone because, you know, there's always people who will resent you for whatever reason. But the people you work with and the people you're dealing with and the people who you want to impact, how to reach them and how to make sure that they're the ones seeing you as a mentor. And that's something that I feel that this strategy and this concept has really helped me kind of just focus my attention on, okay, I need to, uh, number one, look out for myself and lead myself as a person. And by leading myself, I'm going to be developing the skills, which will then allow me to lead others in an effective manner. Absolutely. I think that's awesome. Super awesome. Now, I'm curious, somebody listening and they're, they're interested in learning more, how can they learn more about this? Yeah, so I'm gonna have I'm having a book. It's coming out. Uh, it will be published in the fall, and so my book will be available 
on Amazon and, and stores in the UK just now. However, anyone who's interested, they can send me an email, either at my email address at zach.swallleadership at gmail.com or on Instagram, shoot me a message and I'll send you a, a free digital copy of the book if it's something you're interested in. And also my website and blog, uh, swallleadership.org slash blog. You can also learn more about the concept and other topics that you know I, I write about. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'll be sure to definitely leave all of your information in the show notes because I do, man. I think, I think what you're, what you're talking about is, is something that all of us could benefit from, you know, and, and even if we feel like we're doing it, sometimes it helps to have a reminder and yeah, man. So I absolutely love this entire concept. And, and I also though, I have to tell anybody, you know, if if you want a new blog to follow and read, I definitely recommend checking out your blog. And uh, some of the stuff that you you've written, I was actually actually uh, reading it uh, this morning, preparing for our interview here on the podcast. And the stuff that you write, man, it's not just like a an entertaining blog or something. It's very thought provoking. And and I actually thought. If you don't mind, I wanted to ask you about one of the uh, the blog posts you had written, mm-hmm. kind of you know closing out our conversation today, and and that is this this question of instead of asking ourselves like why why are we here what are we meant for mm-hmm. is to focus on who we are focus on right now, mm-hmm. and I just I found that blog post so insightful and uh, was kind of hoping maybe you could could share a little bit about that 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 blog post to you know somebody listening to the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for that by the way. I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah, this blog post was one of my recent ones and um I remember I was actually home in California in San Diego where my family currently live. I was visiting and I remember I went to the beach with my dog and I was just kind of sitting there and looking at the ocean and it kind of just I kind of got in sort of deep thought and I just kind of thought about, you know, everything that was going on in the world. And, and you know, there's so many people who, who are, you know, into, you know, the science of, you know, how, why are we humans here? What's our purpose? You know, why, how was everything created? But at the end of the day, that's just a waste of time. And you're wasting time that you could be using to live the life that you have. Because a lot of people understand, you know, they know that they're alive, but they don't, they don't truly live they don't truly live because they're so stuck in, you know, problems, you know, worldly problems or, you know, trying to figure everything out, the science behind everything. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to be aware that you're living and use this time that on earth, use the time that we have on earth, because at the end of the day, we're here for, you know, God says it's like a snap of a finger, a blink of an eye to the time that we have here. And so I think we just have, I think myself too, I've been in this situation where I've kind of just been thinking about the future of what will be, you know, the problems that I'm dealing with, how am I going to solve them? But at the end of the day, if we can, and it's very, very, it's easier said than done to shift our focus to the now and realize that now is all that really matters. And that's the only thing we're guaranteed and, um, and to, to just cherish every moment for what it is. And that's kind of what that post was about, just to kind of realize that we help people understand that, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter why we're here. It doesn't matter. We're here. So be aware of that and live life 
live life and don't just be alive. Man, I think that's a perfect ending for, for, for our conversation today. And uh, Zach, I want to thank you, man, for coming on the podcast and sharing just a little bit about your life, about your story and um, and about this entire you know concept that you've created and book that you have. And uh, man, it was it was a real, real pleasure to get to, to talk to you. Yeah, Kevin, I can say this. I can just say the same thing. I am thankful for you letting me come on here and giving me this platform on your podcast. And just just so appreciative of you and respectful for, for you and what you do. And just want to you're, you're an inspiration, not only for me, but for others who listen. And God bless you, man. Oh, man, that means so much to me. Thank you very much. And that's the lowdown with Kevin Lowe. I hope today's episode inspired you, motivated you, and excited you to get out and enjoy life, no matter what obstacles may be standing in the way. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.